Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. With former Blues star defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivs and BK on 101 ESPN. 65780 is the air comfort service text line from the 980. Hey, Jamie, you know the show, your name is first on the show, so you can make decisions about not talking about Patrick Mahomes every day just because BK forgot that he doesn't live in Kansas City anymore. <laughs> okay, so... I have done that. You should have seen our rundown oh, a couple of nights ago. It. it was like 12 Patrick Mahomes segments. It tied into And I was like, BK, I can't do it. Well, I'm going to throw up. I'm out of an actual physical reaction to this rundown. And BK did taper it down. We ended up with like six or seven that day. But, you know, it's hard when your co-host is in love with the quarterback in Kansas City. So let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line to talk to one of my favorite NFL analysts. He is Jeffrey Chadia. He writes for NFL.com, where he is a senior columnist, and he is an analyst for the NFL Network. I want to talk with him about, of course, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Jeffrey, how you doing today, my friend? Good. How about you guys? Uh, doing pretty well. So let's stick on that subject. Uh, Patrick Mahomes becomes the highest paid athlete in the history of North American team sports. What was your reaction earlier this week to the $503 million contract? Uh, well, it's, I think knowing what his value is and how extraordinary he's been and knowing his agent, Lee Steinberg, who loves headlines, you, you had to imagine it was going to be pretty much over the top. And, and, and it was. Uh, it's pretty, you know, it's a pretty impressive number. It's uh, now as NFL contracts go, we realize it's not going to all be. Uh, he's not going to make all that money. A lot of crazy incentives in there, but it's the best thing about this contract is that it allows the Chiefs to have some short-term salary cap relief, which they've got some big moves coming up. They have to uh, consider, including Chris Jones. They got to figure out what's happening with his long-term deal, and after next season, guys like Travis Kelsey and Tyron Matthew and Eric Fisher. Those guys will be up. So, yeah, it's a great move for the team and a great move for him. Jeffrey, uh, while my co-host was celebrating uh, the other day when Patrick Mahomes got this wonderful deal, I started thinking myself, and, and actually we had a discussion about it where I said, yeah, okay, so they got the two-year window here before the big contract kicks in. So I would say now is the time for them to win another championship. And I also said I think that once his 10-year deal kicks in, the extension kicks in, it's going to be harder for the Chiefs to build a team around them. Now, I know you wrote a piece on this just the other day, uh, or just, uh, yeah, on, on the 6th of July. Yeah. How do the Chiefs make this work? Well, it's a great question, and, and I think you're right. I think a lot of people are not looking down the road at what this is going to feel like. And, and they, if they want to make it work, they have to look at what the Patriots have done um, over the last 20 years, which is they've drafted well they've made good free agent signings and most importantly they've said goodbye to, to popular players uh who they felt they could replace because they're going to become too costly and, and they've made a uh, a pretty big dynasty off of letting go of guys like vince wilford richard seymour ty law willie mcginnis uh Lori malloy um all of chandler jones as the list goes on and on all those guys are pro bowl players and some of those guys are hall of famers 
But if you want to have a dynasty, if you want to keep winning championships, you gotta you gotta make those kind of moves. I think you guys recognize being in St. Louis, the Rams had an amazing offense, greatest show on turf about twenty years ago, and that run lasted about three years because they started losing players and guys started getting hurt. We're talking to Jeffrey Chadia. He's an NFL.com senior columnist. He joins us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. Jeffrey, of course, Patrick Mahomes was the one that made headlines earlier this week, but you look across the league right now, and there's young star quarterbacks all over the place. I mean, the Ravens have Lamar Jackson, the former or the reigning MVP. The Houston Texans now have Deshaun Watson. Seattle has Russell Wilson. You've got guys all over this league that have talent. Is this the most talented young quarterback crop that we've seen in the league in some time and maybe ever, frankly? Uh, I would say it is. I mean, you have to go back to the 80s when you had the Marinos and the Elways and the Montanas and guys like that, but certainly not the the depth that you're talking about here. And a lot of it has to do with just the way the NFL game is played now. It's so offensive-driven and defenses have really been hamstrung in a lot of ways. Uh, look at the college game. They're throwing the ball way more. Um, and you're also you're having coaches who are willing to do more stuff to make quarterbacks comfortable at this level at a young age as opposed to trying to slap them into a system. And so when you look at the Lamar Jackson, the Josh Allens, people like that, you see where Trevor Lawrence is going to be when he comes in. You're seeing more coaches say, let's build an offense around this guy. Let's give him a lot of help. and Let's make sure they succeed earlier um, than we normally would have them succeed 20 years ago. So, Jeffrey, the NFL, uh, you know, when this whole pandemic started, they were the major sport that had a lot of runway before they had to worry about making some big decisions as far as the COVID virus is concerned. We're at that point now, and I feel like they waited till the very end of the semester, and now they're trying to cram for that last exam, that final that's creeping up on them. What's your feeling on how the NFL is negotiating and dealing with all this stuff right now? Well, it's... You're right. They had a lot of time to figure this out, and I think most of the time was spent looking at what other leagues were doing and trying to learn from them and trying to figure out, okay, can we – how long can we go before we tell our season ticket holders that, okay, you can't be at the games the way you, you normally would be. We only have maybe 25% full stadiums. Um, you have to deal with sponsors and make sure they're still on board with you. So I think there was a lot of just trying to not panic people. But, yeah, the reality of it is that now we're reaching – uh, pretty much uh, three weeks out from training camps that some hard moves have to be made and some hard decisions. And what you're seeing is the same thing you see in baseball and, and basketball where all of a sudden players aren't crazy about the money. They're not crazy about the safety environment. They're not crazy about uh, other things that, that weren't really being discussed a couple months ago. Um, I'm optimistic that the season will start, but you know, it, it's, it's, I think it's a reality for every league that you just, it's not just about the money. It's not just about reopening or making fans feel good or having entertainment back. It's about really making hard decisions that involve real people. From what you understand, Jeff, does the NFL have any of the health and safety protocols in place, or is this all still needing to be worked out? As you said, we're, we're just a few weeks now away from camps at least expected to be opened. Well, I think it's being worked out on a daily basis. I mean, you thought you heard about the preseason games. You've heard about some of the protocols being released as far as I just saw the one about media not being in the locker room and about players not being able to exchange jersey and keeping a six-feet distance after games. And, um, you know, all this stuff is, is being worked out um, daily. And, and to be honest, I think a lot of it's being affected by what's happening around the country. So every time you – 
turn on CNN and see more and more states getting darker red as far as cases spiking. That's got to affect how the league looks at this. I, I do know that a few months back when this whole thing started up, one thing that was really stressed was that the league was not going to be having people in certain states be able to do stuff when people in other states were restricted. And so that's going to be a big factor in this as well. I Yesterday, Jeffrey, as we were watching the news and you see that they've got this protocol, I guess you want to call it, of the players not being able to exchange the jerseys after the games. And I know you mentioned this, but I got to ask about it. What is this all about? Because these players are going to be blocking each other and tackling each other and playing the game of football. And then afterwards to save themselves from this virus are like, yeah, but you definitely can't do the thing that you guys want to do after the game, which is literally hand each other a jersey and take a picture with one another. What What is this all about? Well, I think it just speaks to just kind of the inconsistency uh, that everybody's dealing with with, with this deal. You know, my kid played Little League Baseball, and they're all in the dugout together and sliding and, you know, throwing a baseball around, and at the end of the game, they can't shake hands. You know, it's like a tip of cat. You know, it's just like it just seems really bizarre. But I, th- I think it's it, it's it's hard to explain the, the, the rationale behind it. I just think that it's easier to make those kind of calls than it is to make the really tough ones, which are to say, look, are we going to actually play a Super Bowl? <laughs> are yeah. we going to keep the season going if half a team has got COVID-19? You know, it's those are the really tough calls that people don't want to talk about right now. I have two quick questions left for you as we're talking with Jeffrey Chidea as an NFL.com senior columnist and analyst for NFL Network. What do you consider a success for Patrick Mahomes moving forward? Because this has kind of been the topic of discussion on all of the debate shows this week, but how many Super Bowls does he need to win for him to fulfill what we are currently looking at, what he can be as a starting quarterback in the league? Oh, I, I, to be honest with you, I think he's done more than enough already. I think if you just project out what his stats will be, if he's going for four, 4,500 yards and 30-some touchdowns a year for the next 10 years, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, whether he wins another MVP or whether he wins another Super Bowl. And I, I try to tell people all this all the time. It's like, Every, I think we live in a world where now we, it's like almost like a fantasy football type world where you have a star and you think he's going to do all these great things. And football is a team game. And there are a lot of great quarterbacks who only won one Super Bowl. Like most of them don't win more than two. And, you know, I can think of, you know, Kurt Warner in your town. I can think of Brett Favre. I can think of uh, Drew Brees. Um, and so he's, he's already in pretty strong company with what he's done the first few years of his career. So I, I don't hold the number against him. And to be honest with you, a lot of those quarterbacks you named, the Dak Prescott, the Sean Watson, the Lamar Jackson probably, they're going to ultimately end up making about the same amount of money as him anyway over the long term. Final question for you, and I want to go with some of those names that you just mentioned. If you could have one quarterback over the next 10 years not named Patrick Mahomes, who would you take? <laughs> I would take Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I feel like people forget how amazing he was in his rookie year before he tore his knee up. And he's done some amazing things without having a ton of protection um, in Houston. Uh, you know, they've got Bill O'Brien. I like the guy a lot, but it's general manager. He's, he's kind of a head case. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> to say the least. A, a little bit, but, Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think if you put Deshaun Watson in, in Patrick Mahomes' situation, he would be doing amazing things as well. So. I'd, I'd take him right now. He's Jeffrey Chidea. You can read his work over on NFL.com. You can find him on Twitter as well at his name, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-I, Chidea. Jeff, we always appreciate the time, man. All the best to you and your family, and hopefully we'll talk with you again soon. 
Great, guys. Take care and be safe. Absolutely. Same to you. That is Jeffrey Chidi joining us here on Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN.